Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome to Party Friday, everybody. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, the truth straight up brought to you by. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Chinese Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, HappyTrees.co and Denver Cenogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Holy cow, I was making the list of all the stuff to talk about today. Yeah, and you, one, you know, at 3.30, we're going to have Daniel Greenfield. Um, he, We've had him on before. He's great with the Daniel Horowitz Freedom Center. He's got a great column um, about that. You guys, we talked a little bit about about it that while one of the FBI agents who was investigating Trump for Russia collusion, of which there was none and they knew it, was himself arrested with colluding with the Russians. The big and, question is who gave him up? Well, yeah, big question who gave him up. And the, the reality there is it seems to me that, like, you know, everybody was colluding with Russia except for Donald Trump, right? And, and, so and that particular oligarch, Oleg Depaska. Um, they all work for right. everyone did right right and so it's so it, it's interesting and he's going to kind of lay out I mean it's not just this one guy it's this whole scheme well, it's a whole rotten, and rotten when FBI. You, when you look at it the, them coming up with the Russia hoax you know one of my questions is why Russia why not whatever right and this kind of explains it that you have this entire deep state corrupt collusion going on with Russia so they're like I don't let's accuse Trump of it because we know how it works we'll just say he's doing what we did and and a lot of them were were also in the back pocket of the Chinese communists. And Chinese no. communists always want us to be looking to Russia, 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 Russia. Right. We, Not them. If we have time, we're going to play the Paul Pelosi tapes. Um, kind of graphic. I'll warn you about that. Um, and, and to a certain extent, they raised to me the big question, why did the government lie about who opened the door? I just don't, I don't understand that. And there are some weird things about it too, so we'll talk about that. But first, the I just saw Charlie Kirk with the Daily Wire. His headline was, the Republican Party hates you. Yes. The uh, results are in from the Republican Party national uh, chairperson election. Ronna McDaniel won re-election despite swearing she was not going to seek a fourth term. She won re-election to a fourth term overwhelmingly. I think the vote- 111. So Harmeet Dillon, 51, Mike Lindell, four, four and Lee Zeldin, one. one. Um, despite the fact that 90%, now I'm not sure where Kirk got this number. I've seen, I've seen polls. Right, that of the Republican voters, like right. us, people like us, wanted a change. Because right. you know what? She's been losing. Why do we want to keep it? You know, that's whatever. If, you know, you know, Hackett is gone from the Denver Broncos. If you're a coach and you keep losing, 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 you get a new coach. Even if it's not all that coach's fault, why would we think that that coach is going to bring anything along? Why do we think? That she brings lots of money, and apparently that's all. Well, they all need that, that for that, their luxury well, trips and stuff. Well, yeah, I found out, you know, um, Randy was telling us, man, it's expensive to be an RNC member. <laughs> it's right, because the hotel costs 1275 bucks a night. 
No breakfast included. So if you're Ronald um, McDaniels, you've got to raise a lot of money to pay for all yeah. of your expenses there. Well, no, they have to pay that themselves. No, I know, but I mean, she's got more expenses. So, I mean, never she mind have to pay those pesky elections. Well, that's what I mean. I'm joking that that's what she's raising the money for. So I want to talk about that a little bit, too. Um, Randy said they're still voting on some of the down ticket items. Um, so he said if he has time, he'll pop in, um, uh, although he kind of indicated he might not. So we'll keep our eyes open for it. But if you want to call in on this, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. You want to just go ahead and comment in the chat section. We'll read that. Or if you want to go ahead and raise your hand, raise your hand or just turn your mic or on. Or Jacob and can't figure it out. Just <laughs> like <talk>. Julie, <laughs> just go ahead and talk. But on this, I mean, so check, I, let me, I'll just ask you first, what do you make? Number one, what do you make of it? And number two, of Ronda McDaniel winning and not just winning. I mean, I think there were people saying, oh, no, Mike Lindell and Harmeet Dillon are going to split the vote. Didn't even come close. Right. Well, it, didn't, it didn't matter if they did, because it, it was one of those you had to get a majority and one or the other would drop out to face off against. But I mean, she, she they didn't um, She won by 57 votes. I mean, the two of them combined didn't quite have that. So, I mean, what do you make of the win? And then what, where do you think we go from here? Uh, I make it of what's true of Colorado. It's true everywhere. The The donors control the party. Um, the average person is unimportant to the Republican Party. Um, they don't, They like McConnell, he did not try to win the Senate. He just tried to make sure he was a, a head of whatever right. Republicans were. I mean, honestly, he took money away from key races uh, in order to bring it up to Alaska. So one his favorite Republican would beat his unfavored Republican. So that's not a guy who's trying to win. And neither are these people. I mean, she, she couldn't win. She didn't know how to win. Right. Well, and this from Leo, very depressing, trying to decide between eating broken glass or throwing knives at my feet. <laughs> um, I, I just go with alcohol, Leo. I just go straight to skip that. Skip well, the, the, the skip other the, stuff, <laughs> wait till you've taken the alcohol. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there were, there's a couple of things, though. I, I'm going to throw a little wrench into this. Okay. I agree. And clearly they didn't listen to the voters. But Donald Trump, you get the impression, at least his people, although he stayed neutral, people who were known to be his people were openly supporting Ronna McDaniel and, you know, her pick for vice chair, things like that, where Ron DeSantis came out couple days ago and clearly endorsed Harmie Dillon. So, you know, now I don't know how the voters would go on that, but it is kind of clear. I don't know that you can read this as a win for Trump because I don't think the establishment people like Trump in particular either. No. Although Ronald McDaniel was one of his picks. But he's famous for picking the uh, wrong people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's Christopher Ray was his pick. Yeah, I mean, Bill Barr was his pick. That, Jeff Sessions was his pick. Yeah, his <laughs> Mike pick. Pence was his pick. All right, you're right. <laughs> Bad picks. <laughs> well, do you read anything into that, though? Do you think the people there were going along with Trump or they were just going along? No, with I got the feeling that the, the, the DN, RNC has been a rotting corpse for a long time. It's known for being establishment. It's known for being, uh, you know, the the Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party. Um, well, the wing, it, it's no different, I think, than the Colorado Republican Party. I think it appears, because Randy said some of those people, the people who voted, there were 168 Republican committee members, two from each state, and then they're bonus members, and it's convoluted. But he said some of them have been there a long, 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 long time, right? Um and it seems to me that there are some of them, just like here, who are more concerned about maintaining their little piece of the pie, their yes, little piece absolutely. of the power, than actually winning elections. Um, and right, right. and I think that 
you know, as I say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes they say the right thing about ballot harvesting and things like that. But again, if you're Ronna McDaniel, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't see any reason to think she's going to do anything differently in 2024. Now, maybe Trump will light a fire under her. I don't know. Or maybe Trump will just work around him. You know, I mean, sometimes that's what candidates do here in Colorado. Well, uh, you know, quite, quite frankly, the RNC, other than it being a conduit of establishment money, does nothing. Uh, you know, they bring some lawsuits after they finally got after the consent decree they were under for 20 years of their own volition. Um, it's it's just sad. I mean, sad. You know, the, a lot of times you're, you're sorry you're a Republican, and this is one of them. This is, will be a little on a lighter note, Leo. So Dr. Donna said one of the worst traits about Trump, his picks stink, like picking one's nose would be seen. And then Leo says, Dr. D, remember, you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> That's apropos of nothing, but um, yeah, to me, it's kind of, well, I don't know if it's depressing. I don't know if what's depressing is once again, the voters being ignored, the will of the people, you know, being being ignored. Um, And granted, you know, you would think the people elect the Republican committee members, but a lot of that is insider stuff as well, yeah, right? Absolutely. And and so it's all these insiders. And, and you know, I don't know. The RNC, they're going to try to raise money from people. I don't think that this is going to help there, but they don't oh, want Oh, no, you have to understand. They'll raise plenty of money, but it's not from you and me. Right. I mean, you and me are never going to send any money to the RNC, but then again, we never did send much money to the RNC. I think I did one year. Right. Um, but who they're going to get money from are all the you know, defense contractors and everyone else who love the Ukrainian war and, you know. Status quo. Status quo people who, who are well, how do you think, what How do you think this bodes then going into 2024? Bad. Bad? Mm-hmm. You think, why do you say that? Because I think if the Republicans are going to win, they're going to have to, you know, fight differently. And you don't, if you want to fight differently, you don't bring the same fighter back. Right. Now, on the other hand, I'm playing the devil's advocate again here. Okay. Sundance at the conservative treehouse pointed out that Harmie Dillon wasn't really that much outside of the club, right? That she was still. Well, uh, I got you know, that. I, I think she might've sold out if she was, if she got in. I mean, I, I don't doubt that, that uh, Harmie Dillon isn't any, you know, raging outsider, but even she can't, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she couldn't even make it exactly make much of a dent. And, you know, Mike Lindell got four. Um, yeah. Four. And then Fiesel, then I don't know, maybe he voted for himself. I don't know, I don't know who all could vote, but I, I, you're right. That says a lot. I think, who wanted to pay $1,300 a night for a room right. out in California. Well, and I talked briefly, I texted back and forth with Randy and he said he wasn't particularly surprised at the outcome. Although I think he made it clear he was, at least when he talked to us, mm-hmm. leaning toward endorsing um, Harmeet Dillon. And actually she had him on her endorsement page. She didn't. I actually she didn't. Okay. Um, or if she did, she took it down because I checked that too after Dave told us that. Okay. Well, but I mean, Randy was leaning toward that, but he said, it's a be curious to see how we voted, but he said he thought it would be closer. He said he was surprised at, at how, what the split was. Um, and this is Dr. Donna Larimer is attempting to run establishment folks. One of their goals is to make candidates pay to the party seven to 8% the cost of their campaign pay to play. Well, that's what we talked about that on the show. That's what this one guy 
Well, Patrick, somebody, I forget his name. He's a consultant out of guess where, Paso County. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get rid of the caucus system, the assembly system, and basically say, if you want to run for any kind of seat in Colorado, um, what you have to do is pay. And it was like, we're not talking a little bit. It's like 20 bucks to ascend it. Yeah, $250,000 to run for like governor or Senate. I'm like, well, that'll certainly make it, you know, Democratic. That'll certainly be for the people, by the people on the people. I mean, it's, if it's already not like Mr. The, the rich guys, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I, so we got it. We got to kibosh that, but that's what they want, right? Because they want the money basically. Um, and if you have a candidate paying you, you know, all of this money, um, I guess I'd be for that if I were a chairperson too. We should make them pay us and pay our salaries. Hopefully that won't go though. I mean, that's kind of outrageous. Well, I was surprised also here, Eric say Wednesday night, but he does not believe there were issues with the elections. I mean, Eric changes his mind every two weeks about everything. Well, and Eric Alden, she's talking about who's running for the Colorado Republican Party chair. Right now we got Eric, and as, as far as I know, declared then Casper. I think Aaron Wood, maybe. Aaron Wood, um, out of uh, Douglas County. We've had him on the show. He's pretty good. I don't know. He doesn't have a name recognition. Yeah, the name recognition. I don't know that he has any experience. That's right. Um, and so we'll see who else enters in. But, uh, you know, I have a feeling that... Probably, you know, if if Ronna McDaniel won so overwhelmingly there, I have a feeling that an establishment person might win here. I don't know. The Colorado grassroots are getting riled up. There are more and more people, I think, who are basically looking and saying, and even if they aren't maybe grassroots, but saying we lost in Colorado. We lost overwhelmingly. Why would we want to have the same group of people, the same group of consultants, the same kind of, uh, you know, people who are a party leadership, so to speak, telling us what to do when we've been losing forever. And again, the thing is, is they don't care that we're losing. If you're Ronald McDaniel, you think you would resolve right you would say i'm so ashamed we had a red wave coming all the signs there and we we blew it and you know so you you think she would say again you know get rid of the coach the coaches say well it was my fault they take responsibility i mean you don't ever hear that from her so leo asks have you heard the news that the no labels party is now an official party? yes mm-hmm. actually working with carl H- we talked about that before carl honiger um came on our show a couple of weeks ago and he talked about that, that they were trying to. And we did a little bit of research into the No Labels Party. And a lot of them are, was it Common Cause? Is that yes, it? Common yes. Cause uh, from that. They're, and, and which is basically a group of, let's see, bank, bankers develop. Well, it's money people. Bank, it's like, a, you know, a U.S. Chamber of Commerce only in miniature, essentially. They're, they're a left-wing awful group yes and i think their goal frankly is to interfere in republican elections i don't think so i think that what they want to do is now maybe use that i think he was saying that maybe it's an excuse for them to have uh ranked voting you have more parties uh, ranked choice voting that's a good point too um anyway so, so they suck too yes they yes suck. they do suck too they and actually totally i think suck. carl's working on doing some more stuff and we're going to talk more about them um because i think they're clearly want to play in Colorado elections. Charlene, welcome. Party oh, hi, there. hi there. Well, uh, my only question is, um, should uh, conservatives wait to be purged from the party or should they just leave? Once again, yeah, Charlene, <laughs> I, as I keep saying, I'm becoming, it's becoming harder and harder and harder. To, to well, you with. know, it's like with Rana being reelected, that just uh, continues the purge. I mean, it's just, you know, open season on conservatives and it's so heartening though um ash that you had on uh has that twitter space and she's 
got it open right now. There's I've been on that for the last 30 minutes. And oh, there's about, oh it's great. Oh, yes. Y'all should try that. The only thing, you don't get to comment, but you do get to raise your hand and talk. And then you, the host, get to control it, just like you do now. Right. But right. it's very easy to, to maneuver if you just get on Twitter and set up an account, which is very easy also. But I'm so thankful for Twitter because there's so much communication going on there right now in these little chat groups. And everyone in that chat group uh, is well there was a lady from Arizona uh, and some people are saying well we got to change the party and you know we got to appeal to the middle and we got to learn how to target minorities blah 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 and it's like yeah we've done all that and and one lady spoke up from our, from Arizona and she said yeah we just did that in Arizona for Carrie <laughs> Lake and this is what it got us and right. so everyone on that chat is like you know, we can't take this abuse anymore. It's like the redheaded stepchild that you put in the barn and then you feed them scraps and then they come back in and they ask for lashes. You know, it's like you just, the exit doors are not closed. You can leave this party. And, and more and more people on there were like, well, I, I was, you know, hoping that the party could make it and, and we would get changed with whoever Lindell or meet. But now this is the this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Where I mean, are they going? So, so where huh? do you go? Well, I mean, where maybe we take over the no labels. Well, form the infrastructure for uh, a new party or uh, uh, join in it with a party that already has infrastructure laid out. Like but mostly it's... Like well, who? I mean, Constitu- becomes- Constitutional Party. Oh, yeah, uh, they got a big infrastructure. Oh, yeah, no, you can no, join no, them. That's no problem. All right, so do that or bend over and take your lashes. I mean, which one you are you going to do? You right. know, and, and the, the, the question is, you no, know, and I see your point, both of your points, because on one end, it's, always I always see everybody's points. It's a chicken <laughs> and the, it's a chicken and the egg. I was a reporter for 40 years. It was a chicken. It's a chicken and the egg. So you know how to be biased. Yeah. Chicken and the egg kind of thing. Because on one end, you're right, Charlene, and, and check your too. You don't want to go to this new party until the infrastructure's there, but the infrastructure isn't going to be there until enough people go to the party. And so, I mean. Well, me, you can lay the groundwork and the infrastructure, but, you know, I just keep going back to, um. The the tragedy and the hope written by Carol Quigley. The whole two party system uh, was devised to divide and conquer and to put you into right and left. And it's really top versus bottom. It's elite versus the masses. It's the yes. ruling elite that's been in uh, power for centuries, probably back to the Roman days. And before uh, that, yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> man, days they probably yeah. And the Celts, Celts tried to you know do their thing, and they conquered the Celts. And and but but that spirit, that Celtic spirit, is still alive in so many people, especially in the United States. Well, they and didn't so, conquer the German spirit. <laughs> those barbarian tribes came down and kicked them. <laughs> well, that's another. That's another that's, tribe altogether. That's one of the. But, that's one of the downsides. But no, Charlene, yeah. you're right though. I mean, and we see that it has in this country. Well. And I think it, like you said, it always was, but it has become abundantly clear. And I think Donald Trump sort of ripped the curtain aside. It really is the elites versus the rest of us, the globalists versus the rest yeah, of us. Yeah. And, and the two party system is a way to divide and conquer. And, and really, you know, everyone on that uh, chat was saying, you know, until you address the elephant in the room, it doesn't matter how much you get out the vote. And it doesn't how much uh, uh, matter, you know, how we get people in positions of leadership locally, at, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, until we can get fair elections that aren't 
electioneered like they have been because they have figured out a way to do it. And the Republican Party. Well, they've, they've, figured out, they went, they've figured out how to do it in Europe, too. They don't have two parties, but the same results. Yeah. Same thing. Nothing's different. Well, it's it's the elites. No, you, but, you know, but Charlene has a point, though. Yeah, it, you're right, Chuck. I mean, they have, you know, three or four parties in England. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But I mean, it. And so people keep on voting for Brexit, they keep on voting for less immigration, and they keep on getting reintroduced to Brexit, and they keep on getting more immigration, doesn't matter how they vote. Well, exactly, because the voting doesn't matter anymore. So we've got to uh, take another avenue, and that's what they were talking about on the chat room. So, And also, the great thing, Julie, is that just joining the chat and getting to talk, uh, I I gained like 10 new followers. So I will say that. No, we need to look into that. Time is the issue here. Although I will say this, Twitter is up a little bit back to its own thing. We all of a sudden yesterday lost. I, I mean, it, it's not perfect yet. There are a lot of issues there. Hey, and Sardine, thank you. I see Randy Corbin has entered the rating room. Thomas, if we could go ahead and admit him, um, then we can get him. Um, this is Dr. Dunn. Okay. Okay. Boom. Got him. Um, Randy, are you are you there? Are you in your $1,300 a day uh, room there in California? Randy, do we got him in there? He was there. So, so many buttons to unclick. <laughs> oh, look at you. You look great. So yeah. I know you only have a few minutes because you're voting on things and everything. Um, your your thoughts on um, the, the election? Well, first thing, I want to just make sure everybody understands that um, RNC committee people are volunteers. And so we have to pay for our lodging and our travel and all of that. <laughs> And I think our room rate here at this extraordinary place is like 250 or $300 a night. It is really amazing oh. because, because we have 300 of the 400 rooms. Ah, so they give you so, a bit of a deal. So, so are yeah, you asking are, for donations, RNC, Randy, GoFundMe page? <laughs> RNC does not, um, does not spring for this. They do, you know, they feed us a couple of meals and obviously put on, um, the presentations and everything, but we're paying our own way here. So, well, if you're only paying two fifty a night, that's yeah, a deal. Lead from club, so, yeah, it's so, remarkable. So, you, your thought, Ronda McDaniel, like you said, one eleven to Harmie Dillon. The old boss, the new boss is the old boss. Yeah, you're. I mean, what what do you make of? I mean, can you want to tell us who you voted for or what what your thoughts are? Well, I voted for Harmie Dillon. I went public with that last night. Uh, I, I put it up on Twitter. I uh, think I reported it in Campfire, Colorado. Oh God, not Campfire Colorado. <laughs> hey God, talk about talk about a commie website. Why are you reporting it there? Holy uh, they asked. They're the only ones who asked. So oh, okay. I was happy to, to report there. So were you uh, surprised. I was surprised. I was surprised at the size of the victory. You know, I thought it might get a second vote. Um I, I pretty much assumed Rana would win. It was sort of the feeling here and seeing the amount of support behind the scenes for her. Um, but I didn't expect it to be as lopsided as it was there. There's also been an awful lot of BS, uh, being told about Ronna McDaniel things she's done and not done. So I will spend some time over the next few months trying to clean up some of that as well. Good luck because nobody wants to hear it. Well, We we, we heard, uh, you know, why don't you spend some time on telling you how great a job Hackett did? He shouldn't really be be blamed for Russell Wilson's ones. Um, Shilling for, for Ronna McDaniel is not going to win any, any brownie points. The people out in the weeds here are sick of Ronna McDaniel. They don't want to hear about her. 
They don't want to hear how great she is. They just said, great. The billionaires give to the RNC. And we now know it's just a captured group like Colorado. The donors own it. People like you. Yeah, except for brave people like you. <laughs> yeah, I was I was proud to vote for Harmeet. And I, I it, for me, it was important to listen to the voices of everyone in Colorado and, and outside that was just bumped arding me with uh, social media, emails, phone messages, and all of it. Uh, that's really important to me. Um, but, you know, I think it's also important for people to understand that if, if 2022 had been an election year with the 400 million uh, popular vote margin that Republicans won in all the right places, we would have won a presidential in 2022. And we'll figure out what we'll lose. You've, in you've got to... Uh, you got to make hay, you know, with uh, with whatever field you got. And this is the field we got. And we've got very important off year elections and presidential primaries coming. And we're going to need to get uh, get focused on that. Why do you think, though, Randy, I mean, Charlie Kirk um, from Daily Wire had sort of a headline, the Republican Party hates you, you know, um, or maybe it was red state. Why do you think, except for you, people like 51 and maybe 55 people, Decide. I mean, the, I think the polls indicated that the average Republican voter wanted a change in leadership. Why did the people there once again say, we don't care what you pesky voters think, we're going to do what we want to do? Yeah, it is hard for me to understand um, how so many on the committee. I mean, I love that one Lee Zeldin vote. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to know that rebel right now, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it, it's a, it is definitely a closed, a closed loop. And yeah. there are more people that are working their way into positions like this. People like me who, who want to bring the voice of the people who want to push back. Um, I tweeted out that my job now, uh, since the RNC didn't listen to the voice of the people is to make sure that the voice of the people is heard in the RNC with the current leadership as we go forward. And uh uh, you know, do we have to do a better job? Who do you blame for not winning? You know, do we blame ourselves? It's sort of because we yeah. needed to organize better. We needed to get more people on on our own side. Um, but it's just like, you know, elections have been for the last couple of decades. Typically, it's the establishment folks who take over. And, um, and it's a slow process to turn that around. I do think we're making progress. The energy from Turning Point USA and, and from young people and from just all the new people that have gotten in as precinct committee pe- uh, persons right. and all of that, um, that's going to be felt as we move forward. And uh, it just takes longer than we little humans down here in earth time <laughs> want to see it take. No, I, think, you know, I agree with you a little bit on that. I think that there are there is a change and I think it's going to be more because I think things are going to get worse for all of us before they get better. And people are waking up and you're right. We wanted to turn around, you know, on a dime. And it took us a long time to get here. The establishment on both sides of the party have been working hard to get power and hold on to it. And they're not just going to go, oh, well, I guess the voters don't like us anymore. So we're then we can all become like Colorado, no, a real beacon of freedom and, and democratic control and homelessness and safe injection sites. But, but think, about, think about this, though, Chuck, uh, what you've been preaching for a decade on ballot harvesting. They went to work on that in California and they flipped Democrat seats in California. Right. Um, they, you need they, lots of money and you need lots of paid people with lots of uh, incentives. And because I've, you know, you cannot get your average just Joe to go. Somebody says, "Oh, you, you know, get their balance, yeah, yeah, no, you, you, it takes really dedicated. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I've I've been asking people around here the Chuck Bonniewell question, how do we find better billionaires? And I've actually been getting some answers. There's some prominent people that are working on that and understand that we've got to beat the Democrats at their game of ballot collection um, in order to win anything significant moving forward. And, And I do believe that there is a movement that direction here. All right. could, could one of them move to Colorado? <laughs> yeah, then they can move to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, listen, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Got a guest coming up. Thank you. Appreciate Stay it. Stay there. Thank it's going to get really cold. At two fifty a night, don't don't come home. <laughs> it's going to be freezing below zero here. So I just you know. Oh. <laughs> the ocean is gorgeous. It truly is. See you later, guys. All right. Take thank care. you, Randy. Randy Corporan there. He's good. Um, it took a long time to get here. Where is here, Julie? Purging Vicky Tonkins from the GOP. Yeah. No, what I mean, though, is, is they by that, I mean, Charlene, um, I don't think we should get without going into whether we should or shouldn't leave. I don't think we should get discouraged because things don't turn around on a dime. I think we're looking at what's going on at that in Congress of the Speaker, you know, um, and what the Republicans there are doing. And these are people who wouldn't have been elected a few years ago. Right. Um, and, and now they're there. And not only would they have not been elected, they certainly would have been marginalized and not had any power and they would have been demeaned. And I mean, you know, and, and all these people instead are taking power. And I think there is reason to not just be hopeful, but there is reason to keep going. Um, and it, not without getting into, should it be in the Republican Party it's or a different party? It's in our nature to be chirpy and optimistic. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want to say this to our last night, and this is going to be, and, and uh, Thomas, you can go ahead and call Daniel Greenfield, but here's a, this is my belief here, that that what we're talking about is protecting the Constitution, which I believe, and I think we believe, you know, listen, our God-given rights, right? And we've got Democrats who want to take away God-given rights. So I believe God is on our side. And I believe that God did not inspire us. God is not giving us the passion and the purpose without a way to get it done. I believe around, God isn't doing this to just have us crash and burn, right? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I do believe around a corner that we don't see we have one. The people have one. We just have to, like Dory said, yeah, try to Nemo, keep on swimming. We just keep have to on do swimming. It. And after you get no. in the grave, keep on digging. No, uh, that's a pessimistic view. <laughs> anyway, that's just why, that's why I look at it. That's so, how she looked at it. So you, so you've got from God's word to your ear. There it goes. And, and, and throwing in some some Dory from uh, from from Finding Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo. And we've got now we've got from the Freedom Center. Uh, Daniel Greenfield wrote a great column. Um, on the front page magazine, front page magazine about uh, about the newest FBI uh, incarcerated person. Hey, Daniel, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, as always, my pleasure. Thank you. So basically, and I'd like you to kind of walk through it. We're talking about um, last weekend, the FBI arrested Charles McGonigal, who was investigating Trump for a fake Russia hoax that they had made up himself for colluding with Russia. And it seems like from your column you laid out, basically everybody was colluding with Russia except, except Trump, Trump, right? So why don't you walk us through it and what's going on with all of this? Yeah, well, you know, what's the retirement plan for FBI agents involved in Russia? Well, apparently they go to work for Russia. Uh, this guy, uh, latest accounts that we have from his mistress is that he had these bags and stacks of just $100 bills wrapped in rubber bands. He was getting there's thousands of dollars in payments from cars outside of restaurants. This is as mafia, as sleazy as anything you can imagine. And this Charles McGonagall was the head of counterintelligence for the FBI in New York, which means he was pretty much at the nerve center of 
um, the FBI's counterintelligence efforts uh, dealing with the UN, with all these various foreign countries. And of course, he went to work with the enemy. And this is not the first time we have seen this. There have been a series of cases at the FBI, so many Russiagate figures, people like Peter Strzok, proved to be um, incredibly corrupt, incredibly broken in their personal lives. Uh, all these people who have been held up as vanguards of integrity have proven to be nothing of the sort. What do you think made the, I mean, I would suppose that, that this might not have been a shock to everybody in the FBI, um, what he was doing. Why do you suppose why'd they, they turn on why'd they turn on him? Why didn't they well, just, why, 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 why just give him up? Why didn't they just hire him at MSNBC? He is hired him. Oh, yeah. no, that was a different one. Well, if he'd been a little more careful, that probably would have happened. But he had an affair with a woman. The woman apparently turned him in. Mm. And, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog environment. Uh, obviously, there are things you are completely okay with doing at the FBI, like, say, uh, staging a fake investigation of your political opponent, but going to work for the Russians is still kind of frowned upon, at least officially. This has happened, of course, quite a bit. Anybody who remembers the name Robert Hansen, uh, probably the worst national security scandal in American history. This was a top FBI guy who worked uh, between the 70s and 80s. He worked for the Russians. He turned over names of all our agents, uh, all our information, including our nuclear plan. Um, and he got about a million dollars for it from the Russians and some diamonds. And he had an affair, too, and he likes to visit strip clubs. It's not a fair it's thing. It's a, those women are always screwing up your best still plan. Not been any better at finding them. Uh, well, and, and that's, Roland, do you see um, Hunter Biden, how any of that ties in? I mean, I can see where, I mean, he's getting what, money and diamonds and things like that from Moscow, the wife of the Mo- mayor of Moscow. But, 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 finished- but no, no, wait, you do have to distinguish it's important. <laughs> he did not have a mistress. He was hanging around with hookers. So he didn't have to have, you know, didn't have a single one to just go after him. So but that was an important distinction. The FBI buries in part the Hunter Biden laptop story caused a disinformation. They don't want anybody looking too closely at connections to Russia, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And this is really what explains everything. If the people you're working for, people like the Clintons, the Bidens, are so incredibly slimy, so incredibly queasy, they're so obviously in the take with China, Russia, Ukraine, Iran, whatever. Um, then what do you really expect of the people who see this up front? Of course, they're going to go the same route. The problem is we have a very fundamentally corrupt system in D.C. Trump uh, accurately called it a swamp. Um, it's one where everybody is for sale. And is it really surprising that the people who are in charge of watching them, of seeing all this happen day in and day out, the guys who are no doubt uh, very well aware of what Hunter Biden was doing, are just joining the party. Right. Well, and in the meantime, then they turn around and on Capitol Hill and say, oh, my God, we have to give all this money to Ukraine because Russia's because the enemy. That'll go. That'll go well. Some corrupt ones in Zelensky retire a couple of his cohorts, not, I, not arrest, not put them under jail, just retire. You're retired. It's, it's, go yeah. to your money, go to Switzerland, have a good time. Not only the corruption, but just the duplicity, right? I mean, on one hand, oh, we hate Russia. They're the big enemy. But on the other hand, we're all in bed with them and making money off of them. Of course, uh, Russia, Ukraine, they're all pretty similar. They're all incredibly corrupt. And after the Cold War ended, uh, we poured in there. They're supposed to be democracy. In practice, of course, the corruption became incredible. And it spilled over uh, very much into us. Uh, by the way, I failed to mention, for example, that former FBI directors have routinely gone to work for the Russians, including um, former director uh, Louis Free, who was Clinton's director. 
uh, went to work for some of the same guys that uh, McGonagall was working for. The difference was that he made it official. He wrote up the paperwork, whereas McGonagall was just taking uh, money under the table. Right. Well, you had a great line in your column where you said in Washington, D.C., retired generals go to work for the defense contractors. IRS agents go to work for corporations to tell them how to avoid taxes. And the FBI goes to work for Russia. I mean, that's just crazy, really. Yeah, while you're, while you're employed with the FBI, you work for China. Yeah. When, you're, when, you're, when you're not employed, you work for Russia. We built a government where you have public officials who build up all this expertise, and what do they do with it? Well, the moment that they retire, their career plan is to get into an adversarial relationship, but work for the very people who want to know how to undermine these agencies. It's a completely screwed up system. It's incredibly corrupt, and it's another reason why nobody has any respect for the idea of integrity or ethics in D.C., Right. Well, and, you know, one thing in your column, you did, again, a great job of laying out. This wasn't just some random, weird, rogue FBI agent who just coincidentally had ties with Russia. You laid out all of the, as you said, other FBI people and the connections with the Clintons and the Bidens and their nonprofit organizations and their foundations to to, um, Bill Clinton from uh, Moscow. Right. And, and a light bulb went off in my head that something I'd kind of wondered about when you go back to the origins of the Russia hoax. A part of me was kind of like, why Russia? Right. Why not some other country? And I think this explains it. When they were making up the Russia hoax and inventing all of those lies, they were able to use the people that they were already in bed with. And, yeah, in bed with. Right. Exactly. And a good rule of thumb is whatever the left is accusing you of are the things that they're doing. So that would have been a red flag for Russiagate. It tells you this is what the Clintons were doing. It's not a surprise because people were actually tracking this. They were aware of Uranium One. They were aware of Bill Clinton doing his Renaissance capital speech for half a million and getting a congratulatory phone call from Putin. Uh, the Clintons had sold America to Russia because no Russia was just paying. They, they sold the out off to the table and um, everybody else who was paying. But the moment, of course, they figured out this would be a good line of attack to undermine any attack on them. Right. Well, and, you know, let me ask you, I mean, and I think, hey, Charlene, I think maybe somebody has their other, somebody else has their mic on there, if you could kind of mute yourself. Where, I mean, it seems to me one way to fix it, which of course will probably never happen, but would be to prevent these people from going to work for some of these agencies once they retire. I mean, how do we, if you can think of anything, I mean, exposing it is good, but how do we fix it? Well, yes, we actually should uh, prevent them from going to work for foreign governments. Of course, guys like um, McGonagall go to work for them under the table. And the people who make the rules are the ones who benefit from this. We've been talking about the FBI. Uh, So many politicians, so many retired politicians do the exact same thing. They start lobbying for foreign countries. They go to work officially or unofficially for foreign countries. So the problem is, how can the swamp drain itself? Yeah. Now, well, you point out Bob Dole went for yeah. work for a I thought he was a nice guy. <laughs> Corrupt. This is how they make money. Yeah. Well, and as you point out, it's been going on for, for a long time. Well, let me, I want to ask you, and you may not know about this, but one of the things I was, was reading about today was, have you seen this on this Hamilton 68, 68. the uh, kind of the fake company that was the media were using it to fact check for Russian bots turned out to have been making up the whole thing. Speaking of Russia, have you exposed by by Twitter, the the Twitter Twitter. Have you seen that at all? Yes, it's it's not alone. Uh, We already we've known for a while that most of these so-called trackers were uh, just I mean, no, it's like they say 99 percent of statistics are fake. 
Uh, these were statistical games they were uh, putting together information that um, they arranged by being very selective about it. And then they would claim that any kind of conservative Republican trend was a work of Russian bots, which was a completely meaningless claim because pretty much Russian bots attached themselves to everything. So right. uh, it was very selective and was very dishonest. And people had been calling it out for a while. Twitter files helped shed more light on how this operates. But it's, it's all been lies. But, but you know, what's amazing about it is their board uh, of trustees or whatever, whatever they call them. Yeah, just look at the board. Mike Morelli, former acting CIA chief, Jeff Podesta. Um, just go down the line. <laughs> oh, this is an unbiased organization. Well, you know, I was comparing it a little bit to the, it was like the Southern Poverty Law Center. I mean, the fact that the media relied on it, right? The Southern Poverty Law Center, I used to be a, a TV reporter, and there was a time when, you know, the Southern Poverty Law Center would put out something about hate crime and hate groups, and this is the hate group and everybody would report on it knowing full well that Southern Poverty Law Center was just, you know, a shill and a front to, to, and it was making it up. And it seems to me worse than them making it up is the media, the mainstream corporate media going ahead and using them as reasons to discredit conservative voices. Well, one thing that has happened to the media, and I'm sure you're all quite familiar with this, is they're, they've gotten very lazy. They do almost no reasonable research. Yes. Their stories mm-hmm. are written for them. Uh, right. They just reprint press releases. And the Southern Poverty Watch, whenever I looked into their claims, they were absurdly bad. At one point, they listed me as a hate group, one man. Uh, they listed a sign in uh, Pennsylvania as a hate group. Uh, they put in absolutely no work into this, and the media put in no work into checking this. If a conservative says something, they will bring out their fact checks. When it's their narrative, they just uh, publish it straight out and never question it. Right. And the main person running this Hamilton 68 was a retired FBI agent. <laughs> so, they so, you know, anytime you get a retired FBI agent, and that was the guy who was a commentator on MSNBC. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so FBI and MSNBC combines is always fraud. Uh. Well, Daniel, let me ask you just sort of final question for it, because you guys, I know at Front Page Magazine, you go there, you guys have so many great articles uh, up there. What what kinds of things are you working on? Where can people find out more about you, get more of your work? So I have the honor of working for David Harwitz at frontpagemag.com. Currently, one of the things I'm looking at is how um, the IRS allows um, foreign countries to actually function as nonprofits in the United States, including the Confucius Institute, which is China's arm for getting into American colleges and schools, um, yes. the Iran lobby, all sorts of enemy organizations. You know, conservative nonprofits are very closely scrutinized. We face IRS audits. We, um, they face all sorts of targeting. For example, there was a Christian group, Christians Engaged, that had to spend, I think, six months battling the IRS for their nonprofit status. Meanwhile, enemy organizations, including China's Confucius Institute, have nonprofit status with no problems at all. Mm. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go, figure. There you go, figure that. Well, right. Daniel, thank you for your time and yeah, thank you for the work that you yeah. do. That was a great column. I it really was. Yeah, very thank very you. educational. Very educational. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Daniel Greenfield there. Check it out. He's at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, also on Front Page Magazine. Um, Real quick, I wanted to play because we have a little bit of time. And I want to warn you, if you haven't seen it, it, it kind of gets a little, well, alarming at the end. Um, the, the Paul Pelosi video, because there are some questions um, about it. And I'm, I'm, my big question is, I mean, talking about the FBI and the feds, why, when you see this, you yourself, why did they lie? They clearly knew that the police did not open the door, right? And yet they went ahead and kept saying that. And I'm wondering why. But if we could please play the uh, Pelosi video. Thank you. 
This is the police body cam video. questions about that um first of all um and and people can weigh in on this too obviously the guy hit i mean and it's it's brutal um out of the blue um, before even police could act hit him with the hammer but a couple things did you notice when they opened the door so paul pelosi is wearing what appears to be his boxer shorts and and a pajama shirt right the other guy there's another video which you probably don't have time to show he wasn't in his underwear he was wearing the shorts and the sweatshirt that he there's video of showing him breaking into the house but what's weird is when I looked at it and I looked at this and slowed it down, it's a little hard to tell, but I believe Paul Pelosi opens the door with one hand and then puts that hand on the hammer, but he's holding a drink in the other hand. Now, there are some people on Twitter who was like, he's got his priorities straight. You don't want to spill the scotch. And I'm sorry, that was tasteless. But but but, but it's you got to raise the question. Why? So why did they lie about it? It's clear. I mean, in the indictment, they said that the police opened the door. And then in the federal indictment, they say the door was open. Well, it's clear to me, it looks obvious, Paul Pelosi, and at least if not Paul Pelosi, then the other guy opened the door, probably Paul Pelosi, because if you play it slow, the guy has his what he's holding the hammer in his right hand, and he's got his other hand kind of behind Paul Pelosi, and it looks like Pelosi opens the door, then puts his hand on the hammer. Um, So why did they lie about that? I I mean, I have no reason what they were trying to protect. It is kind of weird because you would think if you're being held hostage and you're in fear of some guy attacking you with a hammer, you would put your drink down. I mean, clearly there had been in another part of the house. It took a while to get to the door, right? And they opened the door and he's holding his drink. So that's weird. And the tape that came out, Paul Pelosi was saying he didn't know the guy. And then you hear the guy say, I'm David, I'm his friend. And then Paul Pelosi again says, no, I don't know him. Um, But he didn't, he wanted to see Nancy or something. It's just, there are a lot of questions, I think, about this. If if Paul Pelosi, why, and again, if you play it and you slow it down, they're smiling. They open the door. The cops are like, and the cops, you can tell by their demeanor, they're not seeing anything that really disturbs them right? right they open right. the door the two guys standing there guns in his underwear well it is san francisco um and um they're kind of like hey everything okay here and the guy goes yep you know and they're kind of smiling and then i think paul pelosi puts his hand on the hammer and you can see the cop shine his flashlight on the hammer and the cop goes well put down the hammer and the guy goes nope and then he hits him but there was no effort I mean, initially, that scene did not look tense. It didn't look confrontational, right? I mean, it's like, so you still got to wonder what the heck 
was going on there. I mean, it's clear the guy broke in from the video and I don't, I've changed. I don't think this is a Tinder date gone wrong. I don't, I don't think, you know, you, that's pretty elaborate Tinder date to have somebody break in, but where was the security? You'd think that Pelosi's house would have some kind of security system that would go off if somebody breaks in their French glass window doors, right? Do you know anything about the secret service? Well, well, you know, exactly. Um, it, it's just, it's just kind of weird to me. And again, Paul Pelosi clearly is not feeling threatened by he's walking around with a drink in his hand. If you've got some guy holding a hammer and you're worried he's going to hit you, you would at least put your drink down. I mean, I don't care how expensive the liquor in it was. You'd set it down, right? And so you could defend yourself. So I don't know what they're lying about. I don't know if Paul Pelosi has issues that they that this kind of they feared would reveal. Because remember when they lied about it, they didn't just lie once about that the police opened the door, that a third person opened the door. When the NBC reporter, he got suspended, remember that? For saying what happened is exactly what we just saw happen. And so, and and again, why are they granted to say, well, the FBI is lying on federal, you know, prosecution affidavits. (laughs) Go figure, that would never happen. I mean, to me, that's just bizarre. And the whole thing, I think, raises... Well, wherever they're hiding, it's it's pretty good because we can't really see what they're hiding and we really don't understand what they're hiding so right if they're hiding something um it's hard to figure out what it is <laughs> um yeah well oh, oh, thomas no that's okay we don't i don't want well okay we can let's show the other tape this is the tape of the guy breaking in so he's clearly breaking in he's he's clearly doing that so let's go ahead and play the tape um break in have our first look at the video on the attack of paul pelosi husband of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Look at this. Now, remember I told you that there were going to be things other than the police body cam that would be released. This is the surveillance video outside the home. And that is the suspect, DePap. And you see him, he put some items down. You see him breaking some glass and the, the fragments of glass that are that are breaking now. Emily, talk to me about this as evidence in the case. Well, so keep in mind that this suspect is facing federal charges and state at the same time, right? In December, he was indicted penalty 20 in. years of federal okay. attempted kidnapping. So so here's my question. That took a little while. Once again, we know that the Capitol Hill police had, you know, were watching this, right? That's what the security camera's from, right? And so I'm sorry, this guy, and there's glass breaking. That's got to be making noise. He kind of is wandering up. He sets his bag down. Kind of, I mean, it's just, I don't, how, how could like, nobody notice that? Do you know what I mean? And I mean, I could see Paul Pelosi kind of if he's in bed going, what's that? What's that? What we also don't know is I'd be curious to know how much time went by between the break in. Paul Pelosi calls cops at 223, calls 911. The cops get there at, at two minutes later. No, I think like eight minutes later, at oh, 31. That's okay. Well, they get there very quickly. Yes. Um, and so not, and he has time to call him. He's on the phone with 911, but I don't know. And the time date doesn't show. I don't know. I'm glad they released it. And as always, you know. Well, why were they hiding it? We don't know. Right. And that's a bigger question. Whatever they had, they had successfully. Whatever. Why were they hiding it? And why were they lying about it? And hey, the midterms are over. So who cares? Everybody just go <laughs> ahead and move on. Move Who's on. looking for documents? He says. That's right. Um, This is from Leo. So he was in bed. He gets up, calls 911 and then pours a drink. Yeah. And then wanders around the house with the guy who's holding the hammer. I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, hey, that's going to do it for us on this Party Friday. On Monday, we've got Robert Spencer coming on. He had a, oh, boy, he had a great article. What was it on? I forgot already. Yeah, so I. Okay. Well, anyway, Robert Spencer's coming on. He had, what was it on? He had a great column. Um, and that will do it for us on this Party Friday. Thank That'll you. come to me in a second. Yeah, we'll see. We'll 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 <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Dementia. Yeah. Thank well, we'll everybody. Thank everybody on Zoom. Thank you to Daniel Greenfield. Greenfield Horowitz Center. Um, and, and the great guys at BBS, and we will see you all. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Take care.